With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. activist, 
a social critic, lecturer, sustainable developer, and green green consultant. And his roots are in the black student movements of the 1960s and the black cultural, natural, naturalist movement. And his credentials include uh, the following. He's founding co-member of Kwanzaa, former vice chair of the organization called Us, which uh, actually founded Kwanzaa, uh, along with co-founder Molana Karanga, and also founder and chair of the Congress of African People. Uh, Mr. Kabbalah is a dynamic speaker and a passionate advocate of what he defines as the new African personality uh, of men and women of African descent. Uh, he describes to a, uh, uh, should I say, subscribes to a redefinition of the African man and woman who are knowledgeable, intelligent, bold, audacious, strong, progressive, and spiritual. He brings an, an innovative view and the perspective of how people of African descent must reintroduce themselves to the history and humanity as a free, proud, and productive people, and also to make a, a positive contribution to uh, move forward in the forward flow of societal growth and development. And he further also shares the thought that he adheres to the position that uh, the African Americans and other diasporians must pursue the, the creation and recreation and circulation of a cultural imperatives which uh, reinforces their destiny and their identity in purpose and direction and enhances their ability to attain political, economical, and self-reliance in a world which remains indifferent to their ability, or should I say, the capacity to create human progress. So Brother Nwalamu Kabbalah, as the founder and chair of the National African American Congress, prescribes a path and a map by which Africans can engage in the process of obtaining self-determination, self-respect, self-defense, and self-reliance. So with that being said, uh, you know, I, I, I really, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm excited to share with the listening audience and my wife and for me to partake in the uh, vast array of, of information and knowledge that Brother Kabbalah has uh, to share with us. So... Uh, after break, we will uh, start a discussion with our guests, and I invite you to stay tuned. Uh, getting uh, 
started with sharing with us uh, the many thoughts and concerns that you have with regard to uh, uh, the importance of Kwanzaa and, and how it pertains and can be uh, an effectual tool for uh, uh, the, the growth of us as African people in terms of our um, direction that we take going into what we have described uh, in our conversation the other night as the African, the new African Renaissance. Yes, yes. So, without any further ado, I'd like to just uh, start off by you sharing with us. Um, one question that comes to mind is, what role can uh, Kwanzaa actually play for the the, uh, the Pan-African development uh, from a holistic perspective, in your opinion? Okay, that, that's, a, that's an excellent question, Baba. Um, before, I, before I answer the question, though, I'd like to um, just... Uh, give greetings to your listening audience and say I really appreciate you asking me to be on your show. It's a great pleasure to just be able to come on the show and sit down and have a conversation with you and share with uh, share with your listening audience. And I also like to give uh, my my uh, greetings and respect to um, to your wife, Queen Mother, uh, who is there with you. Um, uh, it's an honor to be uh, in both of y'all's presence. Um, uh, having said that, I, I'd like to say also that I'm, I'm very humbled by the introduction you gave. And just one correction, I'm not a, I'm not a, a co-founder of, of Kwanzaa, but um, I was among the, you know, the founding members. Uh, I actually came the second year um, that we did Kwanzaa in uh, Los Angeles. And i just like to state, and I always like to state this because it's, I think it's an example to, um, to our young people coming up. Kwanzaa started in a one-bedroom apartment uh, here in Los Angeles, California, with only 50 people, and um, and it grew and expanded from there to now where it's celebrated by over um, uh, estimates are around uh, 40, at least 40 million people around the world, and it's growing every year. And so, um, it uh, you know, Kwanzaa is a um, and I'm getting to, to, to the answer for your question, but uh, Kwanzaa becomes a, a symbolic um, representative of, of our history. It's a way for us to go into our history, to practice the values, to um, uh, practice the traditions, to uh, recall the traditions so that we don't lose our culture. Because one of the, one of the main uh, ways that... Um, uh, um, those who uh, enslaved us and, and oppressed us here in, in the United States, one of the main things they did that distinguishes um, the enslavement period from any other uh, period. I mean, there have been slaves in history, but uh, one of the things that distinguishes this um, enslavement was the fact that they uh, deculturalized us. In other words, they took away totally took away our culture, and so Kwanzaa becomes an important, a very important and significant um, uh, uh, event uh, for our people, and I believe that one of the reasons why our people um, have attached themselves to it and have adopted it and absorbed it as theirs, um, you know, Kwanzaa, you know, pointed out, you know, Kwanzaa was uh, founded in the in the US organization, um, uh, Malana Karenga claims the uh, uh, 
creator of Kwanzaa. Um, but in fact, now Kwanzaa actually belongs to the people. Um, it's not an us organization event. Um, uh, us, you know, was the the birthing the birthing process for it. But the people have validated it. The people have legitimized Kwanzaa by taking it into uh, not only their um, their um, community centers, but their churches, their homes, um, uh, um, the great halls that uh, where the Kwanzaa Karamu, Karamu means feast in Swahili, um, are held every uh, 31st of the month. And so Kwanzaa becomes a significant event for people of African descent because it is a way for us to journey and to traverse back to ourselves at a point in time before um, the European intrusion and imposition um, into our lives. And so it's a way for us to recapture our historical identity, which is very key, our historical identity such that um, we um, go back into our afterness. We go back into those things that made us a a strong people, that made us a people who made major contributions to human history. We go back to that because our oppressor cannot take away, cannot totally take away our identity. It's too ingrained in our in our third eye, um, and uh, and we say the third eye is the is the seat of our memories, and so we have a historical memory that they can't touch. Mm-hmm. You know, our melanated selves they cannot touch that historical identity, and so it's just a matter of us as a people taking that journey back, and Kwanzaa becomes a vehicle for us to do that. And so um, I believe that this is one of the reasons why people have adopted and taken on Kwanzaa and see the value and meaning and significance of it in our lives. And this is something that we did ourselves. We didn't have to go and ask anybody for this holiday. We didn't have to sign any petitions. The people just did it. The people legitimized it. And, and this is very important, I think, that, you know, uh, people ask all the time, well, you know, what, what is Kwanzaa? What, you know, is it, a, is it a religious holiday? Is it, you know, what is, well, Kwanzaa is not a religious holiday. It's a cultural holiday, and that's mm-hmm. a distinction. And, and what, why that is important is because it doesn't matter whether one is Muslim or Christian or Baha'i or, or, or Ma, uh, you can still practice the holiday. And in fact, I would dare say, I would dare say that there are probably more uh, Christians that practice Kwanzaa than any other. So, um, so it becomes a very significant uh, thing in in our lives. But I think you were going to make a point. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I, I had a few things that came up to mind. I, I know that in, in one of the papers that you wrote uh, regarding uh, sustainability and African development. Uh, yes. developing a strategy as it was, uh, that you do mention in, in, in somewhere down into the, the uh, depth of the paper 
that uh, the integrity of African and diasporian art forms and languages and systems of thought, and you talk about the Dogon and the Dogen, uh, the teachers of Ma'at, Ifa, Akan, Zulu, and Masi, and which you just really mentioned a short while ago, a moment ago. Um, uh-huh. There seems to have been this attempt to divide and conquer throughout the years since we've been here, brought here as 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 uh, captive warriors. And um, we're now approaching a period, uh, entering into a renaissance, a spiritual renaissance era, where I think that there's a consciousness of, uh, of awareness that that particular, those systems that were in place uh, are being dismantled in terms of the essence of divide and conquer. And Kwanzaa, as you now just eloquently mentioned, has been one of those particular means in which we've been able to um, uh, remove those uh, psyche uh, chains and uh, bondage, as, as, as it were, and also right. the element of of, of uh, division. So it's interesting yes. to hear you say that, and also the fact that you mentioned that uh, within the Christian community, it seemed to be taken to Kwanzaa more readily than any of the other religious orientations. Uh, do you do you have any uh, uh, thoughts about as to why that might be the case? Well, uh, as you as you point out, Kwanzaa becomes a way. It, it, it is a way now, and and more and more people are beginning to realize this because it is so in Brazil, in um, uh, most of the European countries, Germany, France. Um, England, Sweden, of all places, um, it's celebrated in Nicaragua. I had a brother um, who called me last week. Um, he's a teacher in Thailand, and he was asking me for a, a pro. He asked me to help him with a program um, to do Kwanzaa there. He wanted to teach the the Thai students um, about uh, African Americans and Africans, and so. He wanted to do uh, a Kwanzaa program. And so Kwanzaa becomes a way for our people to um, uh, to become ingrained uh, again, to become re-ingrained, <coughs> excuse me, with, with our cultural um, uh, 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 heritage and our cultural orientation. Um, that is distinct. This is very important. That is distinct from, from European culture because um, – this is one of the problems, and it, and it's, it becomes a, a mental, what they call dissonance. It's a dissonance um, that exists within us, and dissonance means that it's, there's an imbalance in us because we are an African people in a, in a uh, those of us who are African Americans, we are in a, um, a country that, was, that is dominated by Europeans and European culture, okay? Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that Obama's the president, we all know that he's not running things. But, um, you know, so, so it's very important for us to, to have this, this kind of event. Kwanzaa is the only event where black people celebrate on the scale that we do. Forty million people is the only event where we all do the same things around the world, and we are the most global people on the earth, on the planet. People of African descent, we are everywhere. We are almost in every country, 
And so we are the most global. And so um, so Kwanzaa becomes a way not only for us to journey back to our cultural um, uh, 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 orientation, but also it becomes a way to unify us as a pan-African people. And that's where I think the role that Kwanzaa plays um, now, currently, in this era of what I call and you refer to as African Renaissance period, because um, uh, from the uh, uh, from the networks that I am in and people that I'm dealing with, um, we will see a drastic change in Africa within the next five to ten years. Um, there is uh, uh, there are those who um, are planning uh, planning strategy um, to uh, to build Africa um, in its own uh, in its own development mode, and so there is a five year plan, there's a ten year plan, um, and one of the things that we have to work on is developing a thirty and fifty and even a hundred year plan. You know, people Absolutely. wonder why people wonder why and how you know China how China has developed so quickly, and it's because they have central planning. They don't have to deal with um, getting reelected every two years uh, like they do in this country. And so, so if they can do central planning, they can plan 10, 20, uh, 30, 50, and 100 years down the line, and that's one of the reasons why they, are, they have been so successful um, as they have in the last uh, 20, 30 years. And so um, we have to do uh, a similar thing in our community, in the Pan-African community. We have to bring together uh, those of us who have the training, who have the skill, um, and who have the, uh, uh, the consciousness um, to, to do this type of planning for not just Africa, but for the entire um, uh, uh, African and diasporan um, community, because I believe that this is the way that we have to um, uh, um, uh, solidify ourselves and, 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 and organize ourselves around our Pan-Africanity. And so, uh, and, and we were taught this. We were taught this, this. These are the lessons. These are the lessons. We have to go back and, and research and learn the lessons that were given to us by uh, Kwame Nkrumah, by uh, Amakal Cabral, by Malcolm X, um, by Seiko Torre, um, uh, Thomas Sankara, they gave us lessons when they when they were alive, walking on this earth. They gave us valuable lessons that I encourage and actually admonish our young people and students to go back and to learn those lessons and to be able to apply them to fit the current conditions and the current needs of our struggle. Uh, um, uh, to become a free, uh, a free and proud people. So um, it becomes very important um, that we have a base, a basis for our coming together. Okay, and Kwanzaa provides the value set and the value structure because it is based on um, Kwanzaa is actually a holiday that is based on. Seven principles, seven principles that were researched and found throughout African uh, culture, throughout African society historically, and 
they were uh, uh, incorporated into a, 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 a conceptual construct whereby they formed a basis for an ethical and moral system that we can live by that is uniquely African, you see? Mm-hmm. And so this, is, this becomes the, the, the importance of Kwanzaa because it, it gives us, when you, have, when you have basis to come together around a set of principles and beliefs, then we also um, uh, transfer that into what we do on a practical level because it's not enough just to, just to unify around principles. We also have to unify around a common action plan and a common strategy in terms of how we move forward as a global people. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And as a matter of fact, you pointed that out, uh, as you mentioned, uh, some of our uh, renowned leaders and warriors uh, from uh, Du Bois to Garvey and Nkrumah, uh, Brother Hal's Malik Shabazz, Malcolm X, uh, you mentioned how he pointed out to us uh, that was during, the, I think, the Bandung Conference. Uh, yeah, yeah. The fact that uh, it was essential that uh, people of color, and especially poor people who were victimized by um, colonialism and imperialistic designs of the Europeans and its collaborators, that uh, it's in, 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 it behooves us and incumbent upon us to uh, embrace movements that are geared towards independence. And, yeah. um to improve our uh, economic well-being uh, throughout the diaspora. Um, and you're very instrumental in that uh, through the Organization of Congress of African People and other organizations. Would you care to share with us some of those thoughts with regard to that, those efforts of uh, uh, sustainability? Yes. Um, uh, one, of the, one of the programs that we, that we have like, developed in the Congress of African People, which is, um, currently, as it's an online um, uh, uh, network um, where we have uh, close to uh, between seven and 8,000 um, people of African descent from around the world in many of the locations um, that, uh, that I mentioned earlier. And mm-hmm. so, um, and so what, what, what the Congress seeks to do and become is a, um, uh, a home of sorts. We want to be an online home for all people of African descent where they can come and share and exchange. But that is that um, we want programs to come out of the networking that we do such that we can affect our people's lives um, wherever they are. And currently, um, you know, we have, we have people who, have, who are networking together, forming consortiums, um, to do development work on the continent, um, such as uh, um, building um, uh, housing, uh, 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 inputting infrastructure work, such as um, uh, roads, um, uh, um, solar and energy uh, pro- uh, projects, um, the uh, sewage, you know, dealing with the whole sewage question. And so we have people who are forming together uh, networking together, people who have skills, who have skills in these particular areas who come together and network and talk about how we can work together to resolve some of the real issues that affect us in our localities around the world. 
And so um, so the Congress of African People is, is very um, instrumental in that, and there's been a lot of other sites that have developed. Um, uh, we have one of the one of I, the Congress of African People claims to have one of the um, best, if not the uh, the only um, uh, STEM room uh, for uh, black scientists, uh, technologists, um, engineers, and and uh, mathematicians. Um, we have a, a very developed STEM room, and we have some really great minds um, who come there. And um, and they have, uh, in fact, we have one one brother there who's actually has his own uh, corporation and um, uh, and and has his own has his own uh, uh, program for going to the moon and to uh, Mars. And so he wants to bring in other uh, other um, uh, young people uh, to be involved in this program. Um, and he started you now. He's a graduate student, a very bright young man. And uh, and so we're very proud to have those kind of people. Um, we have the president uh, of the uh, UNIA there, uh, Senor Bay, um, uh, Brother Norm Bond, who's over the um, uh, the uh, Black Marketing Association, the National Black Marketing Association, and a whole host of others um, who are there and and networking with each other and just so sharing ideas, sharing information. And um, and some are actually working on um, on strategy in terms of uh, how we how we move through this Renaissance period, how we navigate through this Renaissance period. And let me say this because it becomes very important. People will say people will raise the question because we have to understand we have to understand the the mindset of our people. So. All of our people don't really understand. Well, why, why, why do we have to come together? Why is it necessary for us to to network together? Well, it becomes necessary because it has become more than obvious now that um, the interest of uh, um, of African people, and the African people, I'm talking about Africans uh, on the continent as well as in the diaspora. It becomes obvious. <clears throat> That our interests, many of our interests, are not the same as the interests of uh, of the ruling uh, dominant society. Okay, um, I don't share interests with uh, the Tea Party. I don't share interests with uh, um, with Newt Gingrich. Um, he doesn't have my interests at heart or in mind. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and so. It's very important that we understand that, and that we and that we teach our people to understand that we have interests as a as a community of people, as a as a world community, and as a national community. We have distinct interests that we have to define ourselves, and that we have to act on our own interests instead of our interests always being defined. By others, and so, and that's that's one of the principles. The principle is that you know uh, our self determination, that we define ourselves. We don't allow anybody else to define who we are. We don't allow mm-hmm. other people to give us our names. Okay, we name ourselves. We define our own reality. We define our own interests, and then we act on that. And we develop mm-hmm. a plan, strategy, 
to realize our interests. And so I envision I envision a world now, and and I don't expect Obama, I don't expect uh, uh, Bush, Gingrich, Romney, anybody to, to have this vision. But this is the vision that I have, and this is the vision that I share in terms of what I see for African people, is that we, we have to come together as a community of people and develop trade between and among ourselves. People have died for this. You know, they killed Ron Brown because of this. Um, they killed Lumumba um, because they didn't want to see this happen. Um, they uh, um, uh, 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 undermined uh, Kwame Nkrumah in, uh, in Ghana. Um, the same with Cabral, okay? So people like that, they killed Malcolm X because of this. Malcolm was fixing to organize the, organ- the organization of Af- Afro-American unity. They didn't want to see this happen. They have... Been, they have uh, um, uh, caused conflict and turmoil in the Congo, which is the richest, one of the richest locations on the planet. And they, they've caused, they've supported and allowed this uh, group um, that's going around killing. They have, uh, this is really the new, the new Holocaust in the Congo. Six to eight million people have been killed over the last uh, uh, few years. Six to eight million people. Okay, they only said they only paying what six million people for the for the Jews in Germany, right? But mm-hmm. where is the clamor? Where is the clamor? Where is you know they talk about people getting ready to get killed in Libya, but they guys they're allowing eight million people in the Congo to be killed, and there's mm-hmm. nothing said about it. And so that's what I'm saying is that we have interest, we have interest that we have to pursue as a people that are different from the interests of the people who um, are the ruling class and those who dominate in the society. They don't have our interests at heart and mind. And so it's up to us to define those and to pursue them uh, with a vigor and with a fire inside and, 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 and with purpose. This is the day of Nia, a purpose to return our people and our community to its traditional greatness, to allow the creativity that exists in our people, the intelligence that exists in our people to create our own um, uh, 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 um, uh, um, uh, framework of of, of living, okay, that we create our own reality. We have that ability and capacity. I'm tired of those people who come along talking about what we can't do, and and it's always going to be like this. Please. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, our ancestors, I'm sure, uh, get very, very disturbed when they hear that kind of expression. Uh, those yes. who warriors, you know. Yes. yes. And we're talking about, you know, what we can't do. And I said, look, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't even want to hear. And, and, and people coming that talking about in the Congress of African people talking those uh, what we call categories of impossibilities. I took them out because. I, no, we don't need that. They, yeah, they can get that on, on uh, CNN, ABC, NBC, every day, all day, okay? But what we are here to do is to redefine our reality. We have come, we are the people that we've been waiting for, okay? I ain't waiting for nobody to come out the sky. We are the ones that uh, we have been waiting for, and our time is now. It's time for African renaissance. 
this is the this is the era that we live in, and so it's time for us as a people to harness our resources and to utilize the uh, the wealth of knowledge, the wealth of 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 resources that we have in our communities to rebuild ourselves as a world class community and to contribute to um, uh, to uh, 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 human progress in the way that we can. Absolutely. Well, I, I just wanted to take a moment to uh, mention the seven principles of uh, yes. Nguza Siva. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, uh, Nia, uh, myself at the beginning of the show, and then, of course, you just mentioned that in terms of the purpose uh, uh, definition and the, and the purpose of us as a people to move forward. But uh, I just want to start with the first principle, Emoja. Unity, to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. And then Mm -hmm. second comes Kujitakalia, self-determination, to define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves instead of being defined, named, created for, and spoken for by others. Kujima. Father, can I can I ask you this? Yes. Before you before you finish the principles, um, I, I have a I have a, a little surprise for you. Um, I, I may have not mentioned this to you, but um, mm-hmm. I am actually here. We're, we're having a reunion tonight of some of the original uh, us members who were um, uh, founding members of Kwanzaa uh, when it started in 1966. Um, mm. We have a few people here, and and if I could. I would just like to introduce them while you go down the principles, and after you finish, if if you could just ask them to have a word about what their experience was when uh, when Kwanzaa first started. Would that be okay? Oh, uh, yes, indeed. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having them, and it will be a pleasure to have them share their thoughts. Okay, so, just one moment. i got to move across the room. Okay. Okay, Barbara, I have uh, I have here I have um three of the original um advocates of the US organization um who were involved in the uh original uh Kwanzaa celebration back in nineteen sixty six. And I have here with me we're having a reunion tonight and I have here with me uh, uh Sister Kicheko uh, Davis who is uh now from Philly and I have um Inwalimu Rashimu and Nwamimu Sigiri uh, sitting here with me. And um, Baba was just reading the, um, the principles, and after he finishes, I asked him if we could allow uh, each of you to say to say a word about how it was uh, at the first Kwanzaa. I'm sorry, Baba, go ahead. Oh, that's that's uh, perfectly okay. And and uh, could you just repeat their names again? You had Sister Shisheka, you said? Was that the correct pronunciation? Yes, Sister Kicheko Davis. How do you spell um, her name? name? I'm sorry? Kicheka, you said? Kicheka? Kicheko. Kicheko, okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, and who's the other I'm sorry, repeat that again? Inwa Nimu Hashimu. Okay. Okay, and the other guest? 
and 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 his brother in Walimu Zagidi. We're we're all sitting here together. Uh, well, welcome, welcome, uh, brothers and, and sister. Uh, I'm very pleased to have you on the show. It's my pleasure and honor. Um, I, I will uh, continue from where I left off, repeating uh, the, the principles, uh, and and then I'll just let those of you who were were part of the uh, discrimination, the incubation, <laughs> uh, and the birth uh, to actually uh, share uh, the, the profound uh, thoughts and awareness of these principles. So I'll just go over them, uh, Emoja. Well, why don't I let one of you do that, all right? And because um, it, it, I think it's fitting and proper. So I'll just uh, open the mic up to whoever wants to speak. Uh, what did you want to do, Barbara? Uh, for them to uh, go over the principles, if you'd like. Uh, would you okay. want me to continue doing that? Or? Uh, no, Sister Kicheko is hearing it, so she's she's going to start off. <laughs> Wonderful. Abarigani. Uh, Nia Abarigani. <laughs> Nia. Uh, you want us to go over the principles. We're going to start with Umoja, which was Monday, mm-hmm. December 26th. And as we used to say back in the 60s, if you didn't have Umoja, you ain't going to go very far. Mm. So, <laughs> so Umoja, unity, to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. That tells it all, but you, first of all, you have to get personal unity. You have to get yourself together before you can get anybody else together. Mm. And that's what people need to work on. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the next one, which was Tuesday, is Pujichagalia, self-determination. To define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves instead of being defined, named, and created for and spoken for by others. All that deals with is it's time for black people to stand up for themselves and determine what is necessary for them to do together. That's that's Mm. what it's all about. we got to come from an African perspective. we got to come that way because that was our original heritage. And then we have Ujima. Uh-huh. Hello? Yes, I'm, I'm, we're listening. Okay. Ujima, collective work and responsibility, which is one of the hardest ones to do. Work together. Focus on one thing and work together on it. To build and maintain our community together and to make our sisters and brothers' problems problems and to solve them together. Nothing is going to happen until we as black folks start solving our own problems. We can't leave it up to other people to do that, you know, because they don't really know us. And until we get that concept that we are responsible for each other, you know, things 
are just going to go along as haphazardly as they have been all these years, centuries, really, more than years. Okay, Brother Heshimu is going to do the next four. Uh, Asante Nana, thank you. Sabarigani and Dugu. Nia, Sabarigani. And James, I mean, Nia, Asante. Okay, the next principle is Ujamaa. Ujamaa is collective, I mean, cooperative economics. And this means that we have to build and maintain our own store, our own shops, and other businesses, and to profit from them together. No more setting up little businesses or in the community's face. The business is there for the community. The community has to contribute to the business, and the business must contribute to the community. The next is Nia. Nia means purpose, to make it our collective vocation, the building and developing, developing of our in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. We have had a traditionally great uh, uh, past uh, before we became slaves and were brought to America, and we need to return to that traditional greatness. Mm-hmm. Number six is Kuumba, creativity, to always do as much as we can in the way that we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than when we inherited it. Mm-hmm. You can't go through your community and leave it in bad shape. Once, If you live there, you have to maintain your community and keep it beautiful for your children and their children. Number seven is Imani, to believe with all of our heart in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and in the righteousness and victory of our struggle. You've got to have faith that what we're doing is the right thing and we will triumph and great people will return to that tradition. Asati Sana, brother. Uh, to my brother. Could you, could you uh, share the audience your name uh, in person? My name is, is Hei Shimu. Ah, uh, Adua, thank you, my brother. Thank you for uh, uh, sharing your energy and your knowledge with us. Uh, okay, look, thank you for listening. And here's look, brother oh, back. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> okay, Barbara, this is uh, this is brother Mwalimu Kabila. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yes, I... I was I was going to um, ask if it, if we have time. I don't I don't know what our time is like, but I would just like to ask if um, we could have uh, Sister Kicheko and Brother Imwalimu um, Hashimu uh, just give a word about what it was like to be at the first Kwanzaa. Oh no, that would be great. It would be a pleasure to, to hear that. Uh, please. Okay. And uh, we have okay. at least another uh, approximately another half an hour. Okay, great. I'm going to give it over to Imwalimu and Shimu, and he'll, he'll just say a few words about what it was like to be at the uh, first Kwanzaa. That would be great. Yes, back in 1966, we decided that black people needed holidays to celebrate, to show our respect for our heritage, and to speak in terms of what we need to do in our future. And we mm-hmm. felt that Christmas was not a positive holiday for us. And Marlon Ron Karanga, the creator of Kwanzaa, realized that if we 
take something away from black people like Christmas that we had to replace it with something as great or greater. So he came up with the concept of Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa means first fruits, and that is harvest time in a lot of parts of Africa. And what we do is we harvest our energy. We harvest the things that we've done productive throughout the year. So the mm-hmm. first Kwanzaa was held in someone's apartment. I don't remember whose apartment we were in, but uh, we it was just a room full of people. This is in 1966. Uh, we had a little celebration with the uh, Watoto, the children. We had the children do little skits and stuff. Uh, and uh, we originally, Kwanzaa was originally spelled with uh, one A at the end. But we ended up, we had seven children, so Maulana wanted to include that seventh child. So he added another A to Kwanzaa and made it Kwanzaa. And mm-hmm. we celebrated that in the apartment, had little finger dishes and sat on the floor. And now millions of people all over the world are celebrating Kwanzaa. Uh, and that's basically how the first Kwanzaa came down. But that must have been a, a very uh, uh, awesome and energized experience. Uh, just so happened that my daughter was born a year before. She was born in 1965. So uh, I was going through a very uh, deep and intense emotional experience uh, during that 24-month period. So uh, I can understand now another reason why um, we're, on this, we're talking on this show this evening, that we all have so much in common as opposed to not having things in common. And, yes, sir. And it is a, That's so more true, so brother. More of an experience, a spiritual experience more so than anything else. And I'm just so happy to hear uh, you share that. that uh... Well, it was spiritual in that, you know, it wasn't a religious holiday, so nobody had to worry about what religion they were. It's not political. Nobody has to worry about whether they're a Democrat or a Republican. It's a thing for all people, all people of color, and all people in the world are celebrating Kwanzaa now. Well, thank you so much, brother, for uh, for being part of of, of that uh, of giving birth to such a profound uh, holiday throughout the African diaspora. Uh, the ancestors are, are pleased and grateful, uh, and those of us who are alive uh, throughout the world uh, have a, a debt. Uh, we owe you uh, many thanks um, for being a, 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 a spiritual warrior. So I look forward to you sharing more thoughts uh, about the experience, uh, and I'm, I hope that this won't be the last time that you will be a guest on our show. Uh, I would love to be a guest any time. So I'm going to pass it over to Sister Kicheko right now. Asante, mm-hmm. brother. Uh, uh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Uh, Sikitu. This is Kicheko. Uh, yes. That first, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Welcome again. Oh, thank you, Sante. Uh, that first Kwanzaa was my was the first time I had ever gone to anything black, you know. Um, and I went with with the Pasadena group, <laughs> and it was it was it was an amazing thing for me. We sat on pillows on the floor. We ate with our fingers. Uh, sisters served brothers, 
it was just all just phenomenal for me to be there, you know, and be exposed to this. And after that, I became a part of us organization as the uh, dance troupe director, mm-hmm. you know, and formed the Taifa Dance Troupe. Did he go out? Okay, and so after, you know, but that that first time was an eye-opener for me in terms of just seeing brothers and sisters who were working together like that and pulling this off. And uh, so it sort of inspired me or motivated me to become a part of this, that this was something of value that I could contribute to. And mm-hmm. so... Well, for me, that that first Kwanzaa was a kicking off, you know, thing, and it uh, brought me a sense of well-being and a sense of you know belonging. That was mm-hmm. the thing. I belonged to this group just because I was the color I was. <laughs> you know. Now after that, I did learn doctrine and did learn stuff, but it was just good to be accepted, you know. Mm. And that's you know what I really liked about the celebration. Ah, yes, yes, wonderful. So uh, you're a dancer. Are you still dancing? No, I'm not still dancing. (laughs) 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 But uh, back then, I was a dancer, and uh, I learned my African dance from Leta Umbula. Okay. And her, her husband, I mean, Leta has passed now, but... Her husband and their friends taught me and my dance troupe, you know, uh, Southern African dance. And, you know, you can't learn dance without learning the history, without learning the customs that go along with it. You know, we learned the songs. And so it was it was all just marvelous for me in terms of the exposure. Because I came out of a dance, I had been dancing since I was seven, but that was ballet and tap, you know, so learning African dance was just eye-opening, and I was just amazed that I could do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I'm a drummer, and um, so I have an affinity to whenever I meet and talk with the dancer, because I recognize <laughs> that they hand in hand, no pun intended, and right. uh, I was very encouraging, and um Really enjoyed the the knowledge, having the knowledge that uh, Brother uh, Inwalu, uh is also a dancer. And oh, okay. yes, 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 and and uh, <laughs> Brother Ntume was my lead drummer. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 and so was Brother Ashimu here, you know, and his brother Sagidi, you know, they were all you know, drummers for the dance troupe. You know, well, they learned from Big, from Big Black. Oh, yeah, Big Black, uh, one of our uh, uh, master drummers, uh, along with Baba right. Alatunji and, and, and right. Baba Chief. Right. So, I mean, back in those days, we we traveled in small circles and we learned from each other and grew and developed. And, you know, it was just, it was just all good. I mean, everything wasn't perfect. I'm not going to say that, but you grew and were motivated to do things for yourself.
yourself because you understood, you had a better understanding of our history as black people in this country, how we got here, what happened to us, you know, when we got here, you know, and our attachment to Africa, that 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 was one of the main things that enslavement tried to do to us was remove us from Africa, just make it seem, seem like we would never want to be attached to it, and that was the one place that would give us the things that we needed, you know, was to learn our ancient history, was to learn contemporary African history, was to know, you know, what had happened to our people. Mm. Yes, indeed. And, and one of the ways of doing that, through the tradition of the drummer and the dancer, was to right. tell the, to the community by dance and by drum, we were right. the, the musical griots, as it were. And uh, that's yeah. one of the things that I, I, I must uh, talk about. One of my missions, uh, my major mission, is to promote the drum uh, to be returned to the family, those of us of African descent, to have a drum in the house and a designated drummer. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I talk about the fact that it was the late Ozzie Davis who inspired me uh, some 35 years ago at a fundraiser what? for my God. And he mentioned that we need to bring the drum back to the home. And, and along with the drum, the African drum, we need to bring African dance into the home as opposed to dances which are designed by the powers that be who really don't have our interests uh, in, in, in mind. And we tend to gravitate to these dances and emulate uh, dances which are dealing with lower self-consciousness as opposed right. to higher self-consciousness. So... Uh, uh, I, I also invite you again to come on the show so we can talk more about that, uh, oh, how important it is thanks. for African dance to be in the home and then within our community. Right. I mean, there's, there's that African proverb that says, if the message is beat upon the drum, all will know. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I have a website, uh, drumsofchange.com where I sell drums from, and I just wanted to share to the listening audience. And I also might want to add that those of you who are listening, if you would like to share your thoughts with us, uh, you can. You have the number. Uh, those who do not, uh, the number is 347-215-7331, and you just have to push the number one button, and that will uh, log you uh, uh, into the show, and you can feel free to share your uh, thoughts and concerns and comments with the invited guests. But, uh, yes, my and, sister, uh, and as you Quantum were saying that... Uh, Quantum Week is the time to share how black people feel about things. This is the week. Kwanzaa was originally established so that we would have a week to look back on the year and see what we had benefited from what the outcomes had been, what the results were, so that we would have some idea of what to work on in the coming year. That's why it was a week, to give us time to think, to review, to reflect, and then to recommit our black community commitment. Hmm. Yes, indeed. And, and people, people don't want to deal with Kwanzaa in that light, because 
it means that you have to look back on yourself and those around you, and you have and you have to come to some conclusion about what you did all year, and that's that's what we should do. You should look back and see what did I do for my family, for family prosperity. What did I do for my personal growth, and what did I do for the betterment of the black community? Mm. Answer those three questions, and you can start the new year off on a high note. Absolutely. I have a friend of mine, uh, uh, Brother uh, Abiyadun Oyewole. Uh, we grew up together in a, um, a boarding school uh, called Woodycrest, and uh, he's one of the original last poets. And he oh, has a New okay. Year's, Yes, he has a New Year's Eve party every year, and he's passed really? the his son, but the point I wanted to make was every time he has this New Year's Eve party, um, they turn off the music for half an hour, and everyone in the at the party he offers them to share their their thoughts uh, right. about the experiences that they had uh, the previous year, and and just what you as you were just sharing with, the, with us, they he also asked that they share their thoughts in terms of what they have planned for the coming year. Right. And I was just so encouraged when I went to his first uh, New Year's Eve party and that occurred. Um, so it's it's just so important for us to realize that these um, suggestions in terms of how we should interact with one another when we get together is something that's in our DNA, is in our collective psyche. And uh, it's not just conjured up that this is something that we should do. This is part of our uh, uh, of our culture. It goes by back thousands of years. So I'm right. so happy to share that with us. Okay, Sante, I was happy to. It's good to talk to people who are in the know. Well, likewise, and Sikitu uh, Dua, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us. Uh, your experiences, and your wisdom. Yeah, it was our pleasure. Let me give you back to Emali Mukabeila. My on. pleasure meeting you. Yes, sir, Baba. Yes. Can you hear me, Baba? Yes, 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 my brother. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Um, if, I could, if I could just share a thought, um, as I was listening to uh, uh, Brother Hashimu and Sipati Cheko, um, just to add to what they said, uh, you know, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa becomes a, a means of us healing ourselves also from this whole process of enslavement and the kind of oppression and exploitation that we've um, experienced, uh, um, you know, here in the, uh, in the diaspora. And so it becomes a way of healing. We talked. I talked earlier about about the journey back to ourselves, and and I believe that it's that journey that in that process we also experience and develop our own healing. It becomes a way for us to, in fact, heal ourselves. The journey that we go through to reestablish and to redefine our identity and our purpose and our direction, that process 
becomes a healing in and of itself. Mm. And so on a on a on just on a mental and psychological and spiritual level, you know, Kwanzaa has has that kind of a meaning to our community and it's one of the reasons why I believe that so many people um uh have adopted it. Mm. And 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 I make that point as a way of segueing into the next point I want to make is that we also have to be concerned now because African Renaissance it includes healing, of course. That's that's primary. That's one of the primary things because we have to heal ourselves from this experience. I mean, you can't go you can't go through a history of being taken away from your homeland, um, traversing an ocean, um, going through Jim Crow, people being lynched, um, shot down in the street just because of their color. You know, you can't go through all of that <clears throat> without without some some way of healing yourself, okay? But at the same time, the other way, the other ways in which we heal ourselves is also that we change our objective reality, that we change our social condition. It becomes a thing of changing our consciousness, but also changing the conditions that we live in. And so this becomes what the African Renaissance is about. It's about healing ourselves mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually on mm-hmm. one level. And then on the other level, it becomes a way and means of uh, uh, developing a strategy and plan which will change our people's lives, which will change the conditions that we live under, that will give us control of our destiny, give us control of our daily life. And then the question becomes, how do we do that? Okay, I would I would advocate that we do that. And remember I said earlier about studying, studying, um, uh, our ancestors who have come this way and left us messages. And this is why we revere our ancestors. But we were left messages by ancestors who have come and some of us haven't got the message yet. Mm. But those of us who have, those of us who have, we have to we have to share this with the rest of our people. Okay? And like we said, uh, Nkrumah left a message, Cabral, Torrey, Malcolm, uh, uh, George Cadmore, they all left us messages. And the message that I, I have that has really changed my life uh, for the last two or three years was written by Marcus Clary, where he said that we must control, we must seek to control all industries, all industries that um, uh, affect our daily lives and our destiny as a people in that community. Mm. Okay, and so um, it becomes important for our economic development and our economic growth that 
we that we in fact um, uh, 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 do what we need to change our social conditions. Okay, to change our social conditions to in fact build industries, to own industries, to develop trade routes between and among each other. Okay. Uh, um, uh, that we develop trade routes with Africa, that um, uh, African Americans develop trade routes with uh, people in um, uh, uh, in, in uh, Brazil, in the Caribbean, okay? Um, that we develop those kinds of industries, uh, for example, like even in in the area of of fashion, um, toilet basic necessities. Such as yes, well, I'm happy to share that those things for ourselves, for our own community. And it's become very important that we don't become a community that remains dependent on the dominant society, but that we, in fact, we in fact look at um, those industries that we can develop for ourselves and have control, and that we, um, uh, when we have resources that we can share with Africa, um, that we share with them, and vice versa, when they have resources that we can use that we exchange with each other. And I just right. talked to a brother today. I just talked to a brother today who, in fact, has an airline. Um, he has uh, built an airline, and they will open in March, and they will have direct routes from um, uh, from points in Africa to uh, to the Caribbean, and to um, they're going to start off with uh, points in Florida. And so we are developing, we're in the process of developing our own trade routes uh, so that we don't have to depend on others um, to, in fact, trade with each other. And it becomes very important that we exercise and, and uh, that we exercise our own sovereignty, okay, that we exercise our sovereignty as a people. Um, we, have, uh, we have the right to sovereignty to control our own destiny, and so it becomes very important that we um, uh, develop those strategies that exercise our sovereignty and that ensure our sovereignty and ensures our interest as a community of people um, uh, in the way that we define them and the way that we uh, choose to pursue it. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to us talking in another sh at another show because you don't have the time to really get to it in, in, in depth. Uh, I just wanted to touch upon the fact that it was President Obama's um, presidency, and also I must uh, acknowledge that we have a caller, and uh, uh, a caller from area uh, 727, we will acknowledge you and have you share your thoughts in a moment. Um, as I was saying, my brother, uh, it was his presidency that we became aware of the fact uh, on a large degree that China uh, was loaning the United States uh, money for its budget. Uh, it's, it's um, you know, you have more knowledge of this area than I do, but I'm just beginning to do the research, and it's just, I was just amazed to find that out that China uh, was actually uh, looked upon to assist the United States in their financial uh, dilemma. And then I remember reading that China has been making inroads in Africa in terms of infrastructure development and, and, and uh, sustainability. 
And I know that that's a whole other ball of wax in terms of the political ramifications and, of, of course, that we don't want to make the same mistake uh, that we've seen in other, you know, colonialists that took their, uh, uh, the, the, their uh, needs out of Africa and, and left us without any benefit from that relationship. So that's something that's uh, pretty interesting. And the mound, you're telling me that there's a brother who has a airline uh, that is now uh, geared towards providing transportation between the, the Caribbean uh, diaspora sector and the, uh, the motherland. That's uh, really encouraging to hear. But I just wanted to share those thoughts, and perhaps you can address that uh, to some degree uh, once I acknowledge and allow uh, the person who's in the uh, who's holding on online. Okay, my brother. So hold on, please, for a moment. And yeah. uh, hello, caller uh, from seven two seven. You're on the line. Would you like to share some thoughts with us? Oh uh, yes, I just wanted to say Habargani. And, uh, ah, yes, which, Argani, uh, Nia. Yes, I just want to share that um, I've been listening and I'm very impressed. I'm calling you from Safety Harbor, Florida. This is Ajamu Babalola. And um, I just wanted to um, ask that the callers on, and well, the um, your guests would just um, share with the lighting of the candles. Well, someone is giving misinformation on Facebook, and I try contacting them and uh, letting them know how to light the candles as opposed to their lighting the middle candle and then going all the way to the end while they're and right lighting the red candle. I try to tell them to go right next to it and then on and on from there. You know what I mean? Basically, they they um, they don't get it. I send them to Marlana Garinga's, um website and they steal and interpret it correct. So evidently, they think they're right and um, I just want like, for them to touch on that. And I would also like to share that in 19, we started celebrating in 1989 in Clearwater, Florida, and since that time in 1990, we um, started and developed our own camp in Guzo Saba, Afrocentric educational camp for young people from the age of five on up. And mm -hmm. um, it's a seven-week um, camp, and each week we um, deal with the principal of that week. And um, basically they've learned a great deal, and they've grown to appreciate it even more, and um, interpreting how they can use it in their daily life because that's what you know that's the way we go at it. So because um, I felt that was the proper way, and from my understanding of um, what Karenka and the others have put together, that that's what's the intent. And so we've taken it to that level in Little Old Clearwater, Florida. But I just oh. wanted to share that and and just um, let the callers know how impressed I am. To, I'm 64 years old, and I know that um, that we still um, have others that are still committed to the cause. And, um, you know, that um, hopefully the young people, if they're going to be taught, we need to teach them correctly. And that's what I've been sharing. Oh, wonderful, brother. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. It's just, my wife uh, had shared with me a uh, uh, thought about candlelighting. But I'm going to let the experts, the one who was part of the origin of, of this uh, uh, ceremony and um, this holiday, to share those thoughts uh, in terms of the, the question that the brother had about Handles. Beautiful. All right. Peace and blessings to all. Uh, peace, peace and blessings to you, brother. And I'd like you to, uh, if you could, uh, contact me on my website, uh, send me your email, and uh, okay. I'm on. It would be a pleasure to uh, become befriend 
with you and to also uh, follow uh, the program that you have uh, in in Florida. That would be. Yes. Uh, it was Uh, Brother Malamu, uh, would you care to share, uh, uh, one of your guests share the the technique and and the the methodology of lighting candles as uh, stated by Brother uh, Arjamu? Yeah, just just quickly, and um, uh, Sister Kicheko, uh, uh, Brother Hashimu can correct me if if I'm wrong, but um, we start off with the black candle first, which stands for unity, and... um, and then we go from uh, we go black, red, and green, and so it's you go the black candles first to unity, and the the first the first um, uh, red candle uh, next to the black candle uh, is lit next. Um, that's Kujichagulia, and then you come to the green candle, which is uh, Ujima, and then you go back and forth until you get to the end. So it's it's yes. the black candle first. Then red, then green, then red, green, red, green, like that. And I'm I'm getting confirmation from uh, Brother Ishiwa and Sister Kicheko that that's true. Perhaps we can have that. I don't know if the devil is still on or not, but um, yes, I, I just want to also yeah, I just wanted to also say that I want to congratulate him and, and his family and the community there for the work they're doing uh, around Kwanzaa. And it demonstrates, it demonstrates again the importance and significance of Kwanzaa in terms of what it means to communities to be able to practice this, this holiday that becomes a journey uh, for us to go back and, and, and return ourselves to our identity, our African identity, but at the same time, it becomes a healing process to heal us from the types of oppression and exploitation that we have experienced in this society. But at the same time, it also points us to the, the need and the necessity to, um, to engage in practical work to change the social um, uh, conditions um, that we live in for our people because that becomes essential. And it's not about um, it's not about uh, 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 theory at this point. It's about practical solutions that can change our people's economic life and their political and and social existence. Those are the mm. key things. But, but at the at the same time, I always want to emphasize this: at the base at the base of changing our economic and social uh, conditions and life, it's also the fact that we also, and this is where Kwanzaa becomes so important, because it's very important that we are spiritually grounded as we do that. As we change our social existence, we also must maintain our spiritual groundedness so that we don't lose ourselves, so that we don't become what many people in American society have become, alienated from themselves, alienated from uh, from others, alienated from, from nature, and um, this is why this is and, and this is this is why it becomes important for for us as a as a people to uh, to embrace this uh, uh, 
And it's not just a holiday. It is a process. It is a process of healing. And so uh, it is so significant in that regard, and I, I, I can't um, repeat it enough um, uh, so that uh, the understanding is given. Yes, well, that, that's, that's uh, as my show is named, Grassroots Holistic Health. Uh, we're dealing with concentrating on a grassroots level and dealing with health, but the word health can mean many things on many different levels. But when you incorporate the word holistic, you know, dealing with natural, given by nature, you know, uh, by the motherland, by Mother Earth, as it were, from earth and and natural means of of healing, which uh, allows you to be in contact uh, on a more um, purer way, a purer level with with, uh, the Most High. And, right, and that's right. Of what religious orientation or spiritual orientation that you're dealing with. And uh, again, I want to uh, echo what you said uh, about my brother who called in. Uh, it's very commendable for him to be doing in terms of the camp. You know, I'm one who uh, has been to camp uh, many times, and it was always a, a transformational experience for me as a youngster to be out right. into the woods. Mother well, Father, I, I have a, I have another treat for you if you if you have a few more moments. Sure. Okay, I have I have um, uh, Doctor Scott Brown here, who is the brother who actually um, wrote the book on the US organization, um, uh, Doctor Karenga and Cultural Nationalism. It's called uh, Fighting for Us, and he just walked in the door, and I'd like for him to say a few words if you have a few moments. Sure. What is his name, Doctor? Brown? Dr. Scott Brown, yes, sir. He 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 wrote the book on the US organization, and um and it's one of the reasons why why we come together now because it kind of brought us back together working on the book project with him, and it brought us back together. Um, but he probably Dr. Brown probably has um more information on the US organization than any of us because he's an excellent researcher and um uh he teaches a class at uh, at UCLA. He's at UCLA and teaches uh, classes there, and he's in the African-American uh, Studies um, Department. So I'd like to end say a few words, if you don't mind, Baba. Oh, no, it would be a pleasure. Please, thank you. Okay, this is, this is Baba Wesley uh, Gray in New York. Oh, Wesley Gray, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, so thank you. Happy Kwanzaa to you, Dr. Scott Brown. My pleasure to have you with us. Sure thing. It would be a pleasure so, uh, to, to have you share some thoughts with us. Um, yeah, what were you all um, covering uh, prior, uh, just a few moments ago, you and uh, Brother Marlene Kabila? Sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Kwanzaa is one of those special times where, where the gathering focuses on principles and, uh, you know, concepts that we aspire towards as opposed to just being a kind of moment of, Commemoration of an individual. Uh, it's it's bigger than um, you know an opportunity just to take a vacation or an opportunity to exchange material things. Uh, it lays out, I think, um, some very important values that we can look at on a regular basis, as far as you know having a foundation for assessment around who we are. Uh, are we really who we say we are, and are we going in the direction that we need to go in? Mm. 
that's that's where I think um, Kwanzaa has this very special place uh, in our lives, growing every year. And as more and more people are talking about the seven principles, you know, they're talking about the special week that we focus on them. But we also now have more conversation in independent schools, more conversation in organizations around how we can infuse the Nguzo Saba into our daily lives. But you can think of Kwanzaa sort of as that real kind of special moment where we dedicate whole days to that, but it's also laying the foundation, I think, for the kind of cultural change uh, and cultural development uh, that, the, that the 60s, the best of the 1960s, had to offer. Absolutely. And and it's, a, it's the inspiration of shows like this and having guests like you speak that uh, allows us to resonate with this celebration 365 days a year. Absolutely, uh, and I think um, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, a show like this happens where you can have independent thought, and it's uh, the kind of media, I think, that's going to see what's going on under the radar. You know, The mainstream media is not going to capture all of the diverse mm-hmm. ways that people are celebrating Kwanzaa, the diverse ways that people are engaging in it, and it's only through the kind of innovative search for ideas and mechanisms that you provide that we're going to get to that true meaning and true happenings uh, with Kwanzaa around the country and the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, what comes to my mind is the word griot. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have, uh, in a sense, uh, an electronic uh, facility of, of, of uh, doing what the griot did uh, thousands of years and will continue to do in some parts of the motherland. Uh, Absolutely. This this is like the electric drum, as it were, you know. And uh, so I'm excited. I just had a birthday uh, a couple of days ago. I turned 68 years of age, and the brother that was on the, sh- on the phone, uh, I think he said he's 62. And I think we all are within the same uh, age range within a 10-year span. And it's just a blessing for us to be able to uh, communicate with one another heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit, so that we can um, collaborate and, and be able to, you know, take this and, and, and fulfill our purpose in this particular journey, in this incarnation. So uh, I, I hope that this won't be the last time that you're uh, uh, a guest on the show and uh, well, everything no, is in... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Just the beginning. And yes, I, indeed. I just want to say that. I just want to say thank you to, um, you know, the whole generation of activists that participated in the revolution of the 1960s because Kwanzaa is one of the real concrete achievements of that period. There are a number of them, um, too many to name. You know, you have black studies, you have all these um, independent black organizations and institutions that came out of that. So uh, what's very interesting is around the time of Kwanzaa when we meet Elders and veterans struggle, such as, veterans of the struggle, such as yourself. It's also keeping that connection among generations, uh, and so I, I enjoy this time of the year, uh, especially because of that intergenerational dialogue that Kwanzaa helps foster. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you for for uh, touching upon that dynamic, and again, thank you for being uh, a guest and, and coming in uh, in, a, in a very appropriate timely fashion. Uh, we have about uh, uh, four minutes remaining, 
And uh, again, uh, thank you all for uh, for sharing your energy and knowledge and wisdom. And most of all, thank you for uh, uh, being a participant of this celebration uh, throughout the African diaspora. Brother Kabbalah, Brother Yes, and and again, thank you, uh, the doctor, uh, Doctor Brown. Thank you so much, and, and Sister Chicheko uh, uh, and and Brother uh, Machinka. Uh, no, Okay, I'm sorry for the mispronunciation, but I so want right. to thank all the. And, and of Bible, course, before we before we close out, I'm not I'm not going to say too much more because I I'm I'm not I'm not going to try to follow um uh follow Doctor Brown with that uh, radio voice he got. But uh, I just want to I just want to say um, one one of the things that we that we were doing in the um, Congress of African People we're going to start promoting um, Brother Antoine who is the uh, chair of the UNIA in Atlanta um, came up with a suggestion we're going to start promoting this that we're going to rename each day of the week uh, one of the seven principles. And um, of course, the uh, Sunday will be um, will be faith, Imani, and then uh, we start over again on Monday, being uh, unity and, and and so forth and so on. And so that way, it becomes a way of institutionalizing on a daily basis and develop programs and activities around those days during the year. It, I thought it was a brilliant idea because we've been trying to find out we've been trying to find out how how we make Kwanzaa a 365-day-a-year uh, uh, thing, and I think this is an excellent way to do it. And I know we're out of time, but I just wanted to uh, get that in. I appreciate you so much for inviting us. Um, it was really special to be able to share this time with you while we're having our reunion here in Los Angeles. And um, uh, this was a, um, a, a marvelous uh, coming together, and um, um, I hope to, uh, you know, hope to be invited on your show again as well as uh, Brother Shimu, um, uh, Dr. Brown, and Sister Kicheko, um look to be invited again also. Well, thank you, Brother. And uh, we will be getting together soon. And we come to the intermission of this conversation for the motherland cradle of civilization, for the ancestors and their indomitable spirit, for the elders from whom we can learn much for our growth to represent and for our youth promise for tomorrow for our people, the original people, for our struggle, and in remembrance of those who have struggled on our behalf, for Umoja, the principle of unity, which should guide us in all that we do, for the Creator, that's all things great and small. I say, Asantanada, Hotep, peace and love, Assalamu alaikum, Namaste, we give thanks. Okay, I'll say Baba.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.